0: In this podcast series, we will explore all aspects of finding, applying for and succeeding in an apprenticeship. Through talking to experts and current apprentices from a variety of industries, we will help you explore your future apprenticeship options.
1: Hello there, my name is Kit and my pronouns are they, them, and I am a NECO Higher Education Champion for Take Your Place. For this podcast episode, we listened to a recording for National Apprenticeships Week 2021, where my colleague Rio interviewed Luke Bendall. Luke is a business analyst at the Direct Line Group. We will hear from him about the route that he took into apprenticeships, what it was like being an apprentice, and any hints and tips that he can give anybody thinking about becoming an apprentice. Enjoy the listen.
2: I'm joined today by one of our Suffolk alumni, um, Luke, who is going to let us kind of interview him and find out all about his life um, as an apprentice and kind of to help you get that um, view from the the perspective of the people actually doing um, the apprenticeship. We hear a lot from employers and from training providers. And although that's really useful, I'm sure for our students, it's nicer to kind of hear exactly how life is and and what other people's experiences of doing an apprenticeship is. So um, thank you for joining us, Luke. And um, if you could just start kind of by introducing yourself. Um, What I think is really beneficial about having you um, talk to us is because you went to a Suffolk school, I think it's nice that we can kind of um, show students that there are possibilities um, for for every area that you're living in. So if you can just tell us what school you went to. um, And then if you can tell us the apprenticeships that you've done and what your current role is as well. That'd be great.
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, My name's Luke. I went to Holbrook Academy, um, obviously in Suffolk. Um, I've completed two apprenticeships, both for the same organisation. So I started my first one in November of 2016, which was providing financial services and customer services. Um, And then I started my second one in around September of 2019, uh, which was the IS Business Analyst, and that was a Level 4 apprenticeship. Um, and I work currently as a business analyst.
2: Great. Um, so how did you first hear about apprenticeships and what kind of drew you to apprenticeship? How did you come to doing an apprenticeship? What led you there?
3: Well, if I'm honest, I, I went to college for, for a month or so and every day I had to get there quite early and just, you know, wasn't really too into it. It wasn't really my thing, didn't fit with me. Um, and i would never really planned on going to uni. Um, I, wanna, I was sort of, I never really considered the idea, but I looked on the um, government website and sort of saw this. This was actually the first one I applied for, believe it or not, um, <laughs> when I was at, at college. Um, and it was substantially more pay than most apprenticeships. So I was quite lucky as well. Um, and I believe I, I only noticed it in the nick of time because I, I think I only noticed it a few days before the closing date. So I had to really get on it and apply. Um, but yeah, the idea that drew me to it was I've never been a huge fan of traditional learning. I like just getting hands on and just. Doing things,
2: um, just yeah, that's where I am. Yeah, that's definitely, um, one of the benefits of doing an apprenticeship isn't it? that you get to take all the things you're learning in theory and actually get to put them kind of in practice. Um, so I, I do think that's yeah, like you say, one of the biggest um, draws for an apprenticeship. And um, one of the things I kind of reiterate all the time, and I know my colleagues do as well, is that doing um, a higher or degree apprenticeship are incredibly competitive routes. How did you find the whole kind of searching process for an apprenticeship? Did you find that? I mean, you say you were lucky to find this one just in the nick of time. Did you see that there were a lot, or was it something you had to search uh, for? for
3: it? So, the first one I started on initially was a level three. Um, so, not higher, it was, I think, a standard or whatever it's referred to as. In um, that one there, there were, there were quite a few other apprenticeships, but there weren't many probably within financial services or within that sort of area. There was lots in remember of hand I there was some for a state agent, loads of other random things that didn't really interest me, but insurance seemed like a good idea. Um there were a few rounds of interviews I had to go through. Um I think there was initially like um, I think I had two two rounds of phone call interviews which were basic questions, I think like aptitude tests and so on. Um and then after that I had a face to face interview um which yeah was a good chance to sort of prove like you know I well and yeah, portray what I wanted to do, and I think I made it clear from the start that as an apprentice, I wanted to join for a career. I wasn't just there to sort of do the job and go home. once I to sort of go the extra mile and sort yeah. of up.
2: And I mean, you talk about the recruitment process, so the different interviews that you had. Were you quite surprised at how intense that was? The kind of different interviews that you had to have, and the face-to-face interviews was was the application form um intense, or was that kind of um, the application?
3: It, it um. It wasn't work, well, it was through the government website, so it was probably easier that I would deem it easier than applying to most other jobs because you know, other, other jobs you have to worry about putting together a CV and this, that, and the other. Whereas with the government website, it's quite nicely designed, it sort of guides you through it, and you know, there's little help boxes and so on. So that was it was nice applying for it. Some of the questions during the interviews and stuff were um, obviously tough, and yeah, you know, that was probably the first thing I'd interviewed for. Um, because I think that was yeah, it's probably the first sort of official job. Um. That must
2: be quite nerve wracking, particularly your first kind of interview, and and also because you really wanted to do it as well. That's kind of a a lot of pressure, but um, it went well. Your interview clearly because you got the job, so (laughs) that's good. Um, and in just in terms of the searching and the application process, I was going to ask you kind of what your top tip top tip would be in terms of the searching and applying but you have kind of mentioned it there in terms of the government website is so good in that you can set up an account you can have all your details kind of in there automatically and i think it's good especially if you're applying for multiple apprenticeships because it saves your details um but i would say as well that if it is an apprenticeship uh, just for anyone listening if it is an apprenticeship that's not advertised through the government website you may have to do that the cv and the covering letter um would you kind of have any top tips in terms of the interview stages that, that
3: you would give. Well I think first of all in terms of applying, you know, my top tip is just just apply, you know, never be put off. Because yeah. when I first saw the apprenticeship, I, I know I have mentioned it, but even my mum was like because just mainly the pay, the pay was what put me off. It was like, oh, this is above average for an apprenticeship pay. It's, you know, must be aimed at older people and and so on. Cause I was sixty I think I turned seventeen when I just as I started. Um so yeah I, I'd say you, you lose nothing by applying. Um and I think you know believe in yourself and be confident um, and I think be honest as well um, that's probably one of my main things I do in my sort of day-to-day role it you know makes life easier in general um, but yeah I'd, I'd say just do it um, yeah, that's, I, that's- that's, yeah I, I know it's a very easy thing to say and it's not not always as easy as just doing it but y- you do have to almost drive yourself to do things to to get to the, the places you want to and um, nobody's gonna oh, as you said these are very competitive um, so you, although it would be nice if other people would um, drive it for you you do have to Drive it yourself.
2: Um. Yeah, I, I think that's really good advice. I always say with with people considering apprenticeships, you have to be persistent and you have to really put a lot of your time and effort into it if you want to be successful in finding them. Um, but especially as well, like you say, it's it's you know down to confidence really. And um, just moving on to kind of the day to day life um, of an apprentice. If you, um, one of the common myths that um, lots of people have surrounding apprenticeships is. You know i'll just be making tea and coffee i won't have any real responsibilities so could you talk about maybe the roles that you had as an apprentice and the kind of responsibilities that were given to
0: you
3: yeah sure so i i started initially uh, in a call center on the phone and um, doing sort of frontline insurance um and we we went through exactly the same standard training as anyone else would go through sort of six months of, of that and then you go into the phone and talk to people and handle that um, and even I think when I was still on my apprenticeship, because I was so persistent and I want to move up, I was at a point where I was sort of covering teams when team leaders were ill or, you know, doing overtime and sort of stuff like that, which was, you know, just trying to make myself um, improve my profile within the company. Um, and then in my sort of most recent role, which was a big jump, obviously I moved office, um, I moved from Ipswich to, to Bromley um, to start the business analyst role. And I can go into detail in a minute about how I sort of opened up the door for that apprenticeship and so on. Um, but there, I've, I've always been treated as a business analyst from the start. I've, I've never been, you know, no one's ever talked down to me. Um, signature of my emails always said, you know, Luke Bendel, business analyst. Um, and if I have questions, people are always there to help me. But I think, yeah, I've just been sort of thrown in at the deep end, you know. Doing something. I haven't been making tea. I haven't been, you know, doing small talk. I, when I first started, like the first three week or so, the workload was a bit light. But that was because I, I don't know, maybe they weren't expecting me to put in as much effort. Um, but yeah, the first weekend of going home home sort of a few hours early, a few days, um, but yeah, after a few months, it was just very much what normal BA would do, working with colleagues in different areas, have my own responsibilities, um, different commitments, and yeah, it's just hard to go into it without going into a bunch of detail, really
2: no but that's good i think because it it does help to dispel that myth you know you are doing you are there to do a job and you are paid to do a job and so you're going to have responsibilities and and you're going to be held accountable to do those so i think that is is really good to um to hear um just in kind of how your um days were structured were you um did you kind of have a very traditional way of doing like four days a week working and then one day a week studying or um, kind of what was your working week look look like?
3: So on my level three, um, we would random because we were assigned, I think it was ten percent or so of our time, plus any courses and other stuff. And um, so we would basically get like a three and a half, four hour slot each week on the level three um, to do any of our studying, you know, read up on stuff, etc. And that was just, our, you know, we do what we want with it um, and we sort of work with our tutors Um on my level four, I've always, um, obviously in sort of office jobs, um, at least, you know, moving environments in in the call center, you're very much, you know, you clock in, you do your hours, you clock out. And that's why the sort of three and a half hours are allocated. Within my other role, I've been sort of really free to, you know, I can either take it what I want. I can, you know, book a slot in my diary. Um, as long as I'm not taking the biscuit and going crazy with my time, then it's fine. And I've always got my work done and, and stuff like that. Um, but the main difference between the level four was I had specific week, sort of like week long courses where I would um, sort of go into London um, and have a sort of a, like a classroom style course. And then at the end of that, complete an exam um, for a sort of separate certificate, which then went towards my end diploma.
2: And I mean, you've said um already, which is so good. That obviously you had that flexibility with your employer. Did you find, in terms of study support, you had plenty of study support from both the employer and the people that were giving you that kind of theoretical training? Was there you know, plenty of support available?
3: Yeah, I always found that the time we were given was more than adequate to do the work. It wasn't that we have to rush or do loads of stuff in our own time, which I think was one of my worries going into it. Was you know with college and stuff you know you get loads of homework and do this that and the other whereas with mine uh, at least with how my employer structured it and the agreements we had I I don't I can't even recall once that I had to sort of do stuff my own time I I may have had to do stuff over my lunch breaks you know read emails and small things like that but I never you know I was never sort of up late into the evenings Um, as part of my role now I am sometimes you know (laughs) that and that's quite a common thing but never for the studying or anything like that
1: we'd like to take a break just to ask you to help us with some feedback. We aim to raise higher education aspirations in as many young people as possible, so your feedback will be welcome. To do this, at your own convenience, please visit tinyurl.com slash tyapod. If you missed that, not to worry, you can find the link in the description. Thank you. Now back to the podcast.
2: progression and and i think that is important because people need to understand that you know an apprenticeship isn't just right i'm just going to do this job it is a kind of pathway to a, a, a career as you say and um i was really impressed um by kind of how you got onto your level four apprenticeship And um, so if you could just tell us kind of about that progression and and how that happened that would be good
3: yeah sure i'll try not to take too long explaining all the details <laughs> uh, as you know obviously level four um, apprenticeships are quite hard to come by they're very competitive when they are open and so on yeah. um and as i say i've always been very very clear from the start of my career that you know i'm i'm serious I, you know i put my time in i want to work up and i want to do what i can to better myself um so the way it worked exactly for me was obviously i was in one of the smaller sites based in ipswich uh, the direct line office um, and every maybe a couple of times a year sort of people from the other offices would come down for a reason whether it's to you know learn best practices from this office, what are different sites doing differently, what works well for them and so on. Um, and they would, you know, basically invite a handful of people along to sort of like a buffet lunch with these people. Um, and I got talking with the chief operating officer um, and basically explained to him that I had an interest in sort of technology and so on, you know, this, that and the other. Um, and in short, he gave me his email and said, look, email me and um, sent him an email. And then I got chatting to the chief information officer. She you know i had a good conversation with her very good call um and then she put me into contact with another one of her colleagues um who was my manager up until very recently um i went down to i basically had like a day in the life type day so before they committed to offering me the apprenticeship or committed to actually creating it um it, basically i went down there for a day they showed me what the day-to-day sort of happenings of the role are um and i was very much this is what i want to do this is my sort of type of thing it's and um, problem solving and so on. And um, so off the back of that, it did take about 11 months after that of waiting around for them to actually, for, until I started that new role. So there was lots of back and forth between my then manager and HR. I had to go down to London another time to meet his director to sort of introduce myself just to get his sort of sign off on the apprenticeship and so on, because um, within technology, I was the very first um, sort of hire apprentice, very first apprentice at all within the technology side of business. Um, there's a couple more now I and mean, there's plans for there two more and there's even one apprenticeship uh, one higher apprenticeship open um, at the moment taking applications
2: okay.
3: um, <laughs> yeah take a look at the direct line careers website if, if you're looking for a higher apprenticeship um but yeah after that there was lots of back and forth I had to commit to move which was a very very big thing um so I moved down here moved out from my parents um and then yeah started the role so I was very lucky in terms of being able to network um, but I think it does go back to that confidence thing and yeah. being honest about what you want to get um, and just, you know, taking a little bit of a risk and and so yeah on. and
2: i i think oh, when oh. i heard that i just thought that's so good and that's what i wanted everyone to hear because you know you just have to be confident and persistent and really uh, work hard at it and like you say about the networking i think you know i i always say to people if they can't find an apprenticeship that they're looking for then you know write those speculative letters to employers and ask if they would consider you um to support you as, as an apprentice um, and i think that's obviously just excellent proof and, you know, uh, that, you, that you've worked hard to get that opportunity for yourself. I think it's really good. Um, and I think as well, you've just touched on something that we speak about a lot is about, you know, do you have to move away to do an apprenticeship. Theoretically, no, because there could be opportunities locally. But if you are open to moving away, you're just going to kind of open the door to so many more opportunities because obviously there are apprenticeships available in the local area. But if you are moving to sort of larger cities and larger areas, they are going to have kind of more more opportunities. So I, I think that's important as well for people to know that, you know, you could consider moving away and that might open up your kind of options as such so um I, I think that's an important point to make as well Um i would just like to kind of um go through your overall experience of an apprenticeship um and i would hope that you're happy to share kind of what you thought were maybe some of the biggest challenges of um studying through an apprenticeship
3: mm-hmm. if no you haven't
2: <laughs> maybe you don't just,
3: just thinking what if, if there were any challenges um, as I, there was plenty of time for sort of studying and stuff. So I don't, never really had an issue with that. Yeah, the exam, and that's a common it's probably, one is, is that yeah. juggling
2: of studying and work. So it, I think you're very lucky that you've had a good experience in terms of being able to balance studying and working and it and it not being t- too much as well. I think I think you're very lucky in that respect. Um, I mean, I think it's great that you don't have that many challenges. I <laughs> think that's a good yeah, sign. I, I
3: did for off, yeah, I did. I did have to put off some studying for a few months, um, but I, I worked out with my employer to so once again just get that time back because um, yeah. I was pulled of a very sort of high-intensity project, um, which meant I didn't have my time to see my studying. So I just rescheduled it and pushed it back a few weeks. But yeah, I don't think there's been any real major problems. Some of the exams, mm-hmm. especially for the level four, were challenging and you know quiz my knowledge and and so on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've, not been any major blockers really. Uh, the the interview good. at the end of the apprenticeship was. They are some very hard questions, um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's been anything. nothing, nothing stood out as bad. O- overall, it's been a great experience, I'd say. Um, and I've got That's a job cool. at the end and I'm more than happy with sort of how, how everything's going at the moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that leads on to my kind of one of my final questions is really, you know, what's been the best part of doing an apprenticeship Um, for you? What, you know, what's been the thing that you've got most yeah. out of it?
3: Yeah, well, salary is obviously a huge thing. Um, <laughs> Um, That must be quite nice. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think since I initially started my apprenticeship, which was um, 2016, and that was on a a good salary to start with, my salary since then has increased by sort of two and a half times or more. But that I did have to get very harsh in my negotiations um, based on (laughs) my end of year review and sort of stuff. But yeah, it's been a good experience. It's been a great because I wouldn't there wouldn't have really been any other way for me to get into the sort of tech side of the business. Um, So it's been a great way for me to branch across. Um, and sort of prove myself and hopefully i've got you know many more sort of job moves ahead of me in my career to better positions but yeah we'll see
2: definitely i mean i I will kind of round off and say thank you so much for spending some time talking to us i think i find it really interesting i know our students are going to find it interesting to hear from someone who's actually done these apprenticeships i guess if you could just finish off by kind of giving us your overall best advice best top tip all things apprenticeships what would you say to anyone who is just starting to consider an apprenticeship or starting that process of searching and yeah what would your advice be yeah.
3: they? Um, if I was talking to my younger self um, the yes. very first thing I would say is just get things done I used to have a habit of you know not making my bed in the morning And it sounds very simple but it, it applies to work as well I would never make my bed in the morning I'd never keep stuff tidy and this that and the other but you know just tidying things up as you go along um, and you know, look, keeping a log of things makes things so much easier, especially helps in my day-to-day work because there's so many things I have to manage. Um, so that, and then also just believe in yourself, be confident um, and be honest. Um, honesty is the best policy. Yes. Um, and finally, I know something someone said to me years ago was your network is your net worth. So you know, the more people you talk to, if you surround yourself with, I don't know, five people who are doing questionable things, then you'll probably be the sixth person to do a questionable thing. If you surround yourself with five people who are you know aiming towards the stars and being successful you'll probably end up in the same position that they will so you know just be confident and believe in yourself and do what you think's best
2: great thank you so much that is i couldn't have you know given better advice myself i think that's really good so um thank you very much for joining us and um, and we hopefully will speak to you soon
1: perfect thank you Thank you for listening. We had so much more that came out of National Apprenticeship Week. In fact, I strongly recommend that you listen to the previous episode, which gives highlights. You can also visit our YouTube channel. Just search for Take Your Place and look at the Apprenticeships playlist to find some recordings of our live sessions. So until next time, take care.
0: Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to our future podcast at soundcloud.com slash takeyourplace or on your favorite podcasting app you can also find us on instagram where we are at take your place underscore he on twitter at take your place he and on facebook at facebook.com take your place he forward slash you can also email us with any questions requests or just let us know what you think on info at takeyourplace.ac.uk
1: we very much welcome your feedback on this podcast episode this will also help us to raise higher education aspirations in as many young people as possible. To do this, please visit tinyurl.com forward slash tyapod. That's tinyurl.com forward slash tyapod. You can find the link also in the description.